Hola, y welcome to Fe Mas Faith. I'm Erika Reynoso, a church kid and pastor's kid, raised in Iglesia Pentecostal, hoping to share encouragement and compassion to struggling church kids like myself. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Well, hey, y'all. Uh, last Saturday, a few days ago, I went to the zoo with my church youth group. Uh, me and my husband support our youth group and, and lead them. And so we went with about 20 youth to the zoo. And, you know, I saw all the animals. Uh, we walked a lot. But I was really surprised at the thing that stood out to me the most. And what stood out to me the most was actually the desert exhibit. And not even the animals, but the plants that were there. Because as I took pictures of them and was really captivated by their beauty, I was reflecting on how you know, God's design is so perfect that you know, deserts are dry places without much water, and you know, I don't necessarily associate the desert with life and beauty, and yet I saw these flowers that were beautiful and these plants that were green and wonderful in their design. And I couldn't help but think about how God is so perfect that he designed plants and flowers to be able to live and withstand the desert. And God designed um, yeah, just animal life and all of these things to be able to survive. And not just survive, but to like live in the desert because it's their home. And so that desert exhibit is my inspiration for today's episode um, because it had me thinking, you know, the last two episodes I've been talking about, you know, how we walk through difficult seasons and heavy seasons and I'm walking through trials and um, it got me to think about how, you know, we sometimes think that trials are temporary or for a moment. Um, but the reality for a lot of people is that it it becomes um, their, you know, it's not just temporary, like it's a long-term battle that they're facing. Um, I think about Paul, how he struggled with um, different health challenges and like trial after trial to where that just became his life and it's not anything to be afraid of or to resist or to avoid. But the reality is that so many believers in their different life situations and circumstances um, place them in situations and in these seasons that it's not just a season, it's year after year after year of feeling like their life is in a desert where there's it's dry land, there isn't water, um, it's volatile. Um, there's many threats to one's life. And so um, I just think about those believers that struggle because the trial that they thought was only going to last a week or a month or a year has become their reality for many years. And so um, I want to encourage those of y'all that feel like um, they're living in the desert because their trial that was supposed to be temporarily is actually... A long-term thing. Um, I want to encourage you and also I want to encourage myself because I know that 
the last few months, I have felt um, so strong in my faith. Um, I have felt a renewal of strength um, and a strengthening um, just in my relationship with God. But I know that trials are coming because they're part of our walk in the Lord. And so I want to be able to share these words so that my future self can come back and listen to this episode and be encouraged. Because, um, you know, deserts are a normal um, part of the Bible. I mean, we know the people of Israel who lived in Egypt and were in the desert for 40 years. And Jesus went and fasted in the desert. So we see deserts plenty of times in the Bible. And um, more often than not, deserts are associated with um, spiritual warfare um, or with challenges. For the people of Israel, um, for them, the desert was a place where they re- they rebelled against God, they disobeyed his commandments, and they challenged the authority of Moses, who God had um, raised up to be the leader of Israel. And so um, for the people of Israel, desert carried a lot of weight um, because of everything that they faced. I mean, the serpents. And also they, they also encountered God's faithfulness and provision when God gave them manna from heaven, and then he sent them birds. And so... Um, where I found myself reflecting and meditating in this fact that, um, you know, this desert as a spiritual landscape for many believers um, is one that we need to learn to abide in because we're going to face trials that aren't going to come and go real quick. And so we need to learn, well, how do I thrive or how do I withstand this spiritual desert um, so that I can get through it, not just barely making it, but rather finding myself growing in my faith and strengthening my relationship with God. And David has such a perfect example of this in Psalm 63. Um, Psalm 63 is written um, when... David was out in the wilderness, in the desert. Um, He was fleeing. Some say he was fleeing from Saul, but some historians believe it was when he was fleeing from his own son, Absalom, because his son overtook his kingdom, and so he fled. And the reason why many believe this is because, in verse 11, David says, and the king will rejoice in God. So he was already a king when he was in the wilderness. When he was fleeing from Saul, he was not yet a king. Um, But when he was fleeing from his son, he was already the king. So many believe that this psalm was written when he was hiding from his own son who overtook his kingdom. And so he's not just facing a lot of political and social turmoil. He's also facing spiritual turmoil in that, um, you know, at some point down the line, imagine David, for those of you who may not know um, the story um, of Absalom is that, um, and I hope I'm saying it right in English because I know in Spanish it's Absalom, but um, so his son uh, killed um, D- David's other son who um, violated his sister. I won't use the heavier term, um, but he killed his brother and then he flees and then he comes back. And David avoids his son, Absalom. And then while David is avoiding him, um, we see Absalom. um, He's a very beautiful man. Um, 
he starts campaigning against his dad. He sits at the city gates and starts, you know, talking, 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 trying to gain his followers until before you know it, um, Absalom overtakes um, David's kingdom. But David, along this whole story, he was like very passive. He never um, addressed his son's wrongdoings. He never did anything about it. He just let his son do what he wanted. And so I imagine David is sitting in the weight of his con- the consequences of his passivity. And so Psalm 63 is this um, story of how David is living in the desert. And so uh, we see here in verse 1, and I'll read you sort of like the different um, verses. I'll walk you through it. Verse 1 David says, O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you, and my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. And so we see here for David, as he's living in the desert, he has this spiritual thirst for God. My soul thirsts for you. But he connects his physical need where he says, my whole body longs for you. Um, And so, yeah, his body needed water, but um, I don't know if you've ever felt um, this deep longing for God where it's not just something you feel in your soul, but your body needs it too because um, you know that what will do your body good is feeling that spiritual renewal from God. And so we see David share this um, longing for God. And I think this is important for us as we walk through a spiritual desert is that we often long for the wrong thing. We long for that desert to become a paradise or we long for our most immediate needs to be met. But our longing should be placed in God. We should long for him because we can have all of our physical needs met. We can gain this world and yet lose our soul. That's exactly what Jesus said. And so first and foremost is um, long for God in the midst of your desert and um, just share that with God. And so we see version, uh, verse uh, 3 and 4, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. So what we see here is that a heart of worship gives your heart the posture with which to perceive your desert. So you can be in the desert and be focused on, there's no water, there's no food. I hate this place. I hate being here. When will I get out of this? When will I escape? However, when your heart is focused on God, it's going to bring about praise and worship to him, but it'll also allow you to see the desert for what it is. And that is that your God is greater than a desert. Your God is greater than the circumstance that you're going through. Your God is even greater than the needs that you feel that are unmet because when we long for him and we come closer to him, we see and realize that God is our only satisfaction. At the end of the day, um, we might have, you know, we might be living in a nice, beautiful place that isn't a desert. 
and some of us are living in deserts, but our greatest satisfaction, whether it be in trial or in, or in abundance, is that God is our only satisfaction. And David says this in verse 5. He says, You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. And so, you know, and we saw in verse 1, David was saying, My body longs for you in this dry land where there is no water and yet we see that um david says you satisfy me more than the richest feast so you can imagine david is in this in this desert where he may want water he may want to eat but even in imagining this great feast he says god you are much better than the feast than i could get now what does this mean for us as believers When you're walking through a spiritual desert, you may want your most immediate needs to be met. You may want your prayers to be answered. But when we're walking in that desert, we should have that heart posture of saying, God, you are greater than my answered prayers. God, you are greater than these miracles. Because what we um, often make the mistake of doing is that we long for those answered prayers more than we long for God. And David gives us this example that our greatest longing should be God and who he is. And so as we continue to see in verse 6, David says, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you throughout the night. And so I imagine like David laying in the desert or I don't know how (laughs) at night, um, like looking at the stars and Um, just sitting there and and I know that I've heard that like in the desert during the night it gets really cold Um, and yet what is David focused on he's focused on God he's thinking about God and his example shows us that um, a focus on God gives you peace when you have every reason to despair so I imagine David was cold he was probably shivering in that cold desert night and yet he says God I I think about you. I meditate on you. I'm just thinking about you as I see the stars in the sky in this um, desert night. So as you're walking through that spiritual desert, whatever that might mean for you, meditate on God. Meditate on who he is. Meditate on what he's done for you. Because it can be easy, again, to focus on our circumstance. It can be easy to be honed in on our next thing that's going to happen or on the circumstance that we're living in. And by saying this, I don't mean that it's not important. No, what you're going through is important and what you're going through is valid. However, what you meditate on is going to determine the condition of your soul as it's walking through the desert. If you're meditating on the weather and how terrible it is in your spiritual desert, or if you're meditating on how you don't have this, you don't have that, if you're meditating on they did this to me, they did that to me, if you're meditating on all of the things that are wrong, you're not able to meditate on God. Because when you meditate on God, that is when we find peace and that is where we feel comfort. And so 
as you walk through this desert, meditate on God, meditate on who he is so that you can find rest and peace. And so um, we'll look at verses seven and eight to wrap up. But we see here that Jesus says, uh, David says, sorry, David says these incredible words. He says, because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. So we see here that in the midst of your desert, God is your helper. God is your right hand that sustains you. I think it's important as you're walking through the desert for you to have a healthy understanding and perception of who God is. Because if you're walking through the desert and you've always had this unhealthy perception of God as God the judge, as God the police, as God the one that's out to get you, as God the one who's waiting for you to fail. And if you're walking through a spiritual desert, you're not going to be able to make it out of there healthily. It's having this true and honest view on who God is. God is your helper. God is the right hand that holds you strongly. He is there with you to love you, to care for you, to walk through the desert with you. He's not there to judge your every move. He's not there to punish you for the first mistake that you make. No, God is your helper. He wants to be with you in the midst of your desert. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forget you. So as you're walking through a spiritual desert, remember who God is, not according to your emotions, not according to your circumstances, but according to his word and who he reveals himself to be through the Bible, our helper, our strength, our salvation, the rock on which we stand. That is who God is for us when we're walking through the desert. And so, as you're walking through a spiritual desert, just be affirmed that you were built and designed by God to be able to withstand it, to be able to walk through it confidently. That doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. You're going to encounter challenges. And if you're like David, you're going to feel the weight of the consequences of your actions, if that is what has led you into this desert. But know that just as David made mistakes, his passivity, his sin of passivity is what led him to that desert. And yet he finds redemption in God. He doesn't find shame. He doesn't find guilt because he he understood the role that his sin played in all of this. And yet he found God as his helper. He found God as one that satisfied his every need beyond his physical needs. And so I just want you to know that whatever desert you may feel like you're in, you are not alone. God is with you. But know and remember to meditate on the Lord, long for him, focus on God and who he is and everything around you, your perception of it will not be of despair, but rather of hope. Hope that that desert will one day become a paradise, that you will be able to rejoice again and feel the abundance of God's love. And so 
I think what fills me most with hope is that this Psalm of David is a redeeming story for the people of Israel. Because as I said earlier, um, Israel and the desert, even though they saw God's glory, they saw him as a cloud and as fire. They saw God's faithfulness when God fed them. They saw how God cared for him, and yet they rebelled against God. And yet they um, spoke up against Moses, and yet they felt God so much. And so the story of David is very redemptive in Psalm 63 because it shows us that when we are in the desert, there is another option. There's an option for you to remain faithful to God. There is an option for you to long for Him. There is an option for your heart to have a posture of desiring Him and longing for Him. There is an option for you to be satisfied in Him. The people of Israel, when they escaped Egypt, they didn't choose that. They were always dissatisfied. But the story of David in Psalm 63 redeems that and showing us that you can be in the desert and your soul can be satisfied because the one who is with you is God and his steadfast love sustains you and helps you withstand the desert. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Faith and subscribe to this podcast. Your following and sharing help spread this message of hope and compassion. Gracias y hasta luego.